Welcome to the Play It By Ear podcast. The podcast where the topics may vary because, hey, we play it by ear. And now your hosts, Eric Fiskus, Brady Liming, and Todd Griffin. Welcome again to the Play It By Ear podcast. This is episode number 10. And uh, as always, we enjoy you enjoying us. Hopefully you're enjoying us. I guess you wouldn't come back if you didn't enjoy us. Uh, Hopefully we uh, make your lives a little bit uh, less carefree in our current state of affairs. And that's what we're kind of shooting for here. So again, looks like our listenership is growing exponentially and we appreciate all of you. And again, hopefully we can take your minds off things that are going on currently. And uh, me and my cohorts, that's our goal. You can find us on anchor.fm backslash play it by ear podcast. That is our homepage, our host page. Uh, you can also find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and where most people seem to listen to us is Spotify. So and you can find us in all those places, among others, I'm sure, uh, anywhere you find your podcasts. So uh, anchor.fm does give you the opportunity, if you so desire, to leave us a voice message that we can then put into the podcast. And this is the first time we've gotten a voice message, and it is in regard to our episode eight topic of celebrity crushes. And we always talk about our missed opportunities that we have in doing this podcast, because in order to keep, and the word organic is the word that's usually used with us when we talk about it, Uh, In order to keep the conversation organic, we don't do a whole lot of rehearsing or talking about the topic. We just kind of launch into it. So sometimes we do have those missed opportunities, and this was one. So Kurt left us a voice message and talked about a few of his celebrity crushes from back in the day. So here's Kurt. Great job, gentlemen, on the celebrity crushes. I think Susanna Hoffs was a solid choice, and she has stood the test of time. Still looks good. But you definitely missed two strong ones from the 80s. Number one, Catherine Bach, Daisy Duke from the Dukes of Hazard. Pretty hard to overlook her. And then Christy Brinkley from the National Lampoon's Vacation movies. Um, also would have been an excellent choice. Love the podcast, guys. Doing a great job. Thank you very much, Kurt. And uh, certainly two very... Uh, Big misses on our part that he brought to the table in that voice message, wouldn't you say? How do we miss Daisy Duke? Daisy Duke. I, mm-hmm. I just feel un-American. Yeah, exactly. It, exactly. And uh, a woman who gave birth to an entire piece of wardrobe, yes. and we left her off. Yes. So definitely thank you for— We, we should be banished. <laughs> we should be shunned. Yeah. And Christy Brinkley, another good, another good uh, you oh, know, celebrity crush. <sighs> I love her uh, um, from the Uptown Girl video and from Vacation. Um, yeah, who cannot love Christy Brinkley? And I want to add, she still looks phenomenal to this day into her 60s. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So again, thanks to Kurt for that input. Uh, there are other places you can give us input. Facebook, for example. If you search out Play It By Your Podcast on Facebook, you can come to our Facebook homepage 
and leave us some comments there. We have several listeners that do that, uh, in addition to including some artwork along with their comments, which we certainly appreciate. We uh, give some artwork there uh, as well with uh, Mr. Liming and his various episode posters that he creates. Uh, very creative on his part. Uh, Todd already chimed in, and you heard Brady in the background. So uh, hello to you two. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, all gentlemen, listeners. And I want to say this. Welcome, gentlemen, gentlemen, (laughs) schmittlemen. Welcome to our deckcast. It's our 10th. Let's call it the deckcast. Very good. Yes, very nice. All right. So uh, you all know how this works. Uh, If you're new to the game here, how this works is uh, we bring a topic to the table. Each of us do. And we talk about that topic for 20 minutes. And again, we generally keep it on the lighthearted side of things, not necessarily meaning we won't eventually go to something a little more serious or whatever, but uh, considering the current state of affairs, we've opted for lighthearted. We're, so that's where we've been. We are lighthearted. macroeconomics to episode 35. <laughs> we are lighthearted folk anyway. I mean, we are typically, you know, we usually can find the funny in about everything. And, True. you know, and sometimes it's even maybe un- inappropriate what we find the funny in, but I think sometimes you just got to laugh. You got to laugh in the face of adversity and, you know. Well, PG-13, TV-14, although Mr. Griffin kind of <laughs> walks that tightrope. But the, the other two of us are solidly in the, the TV-14 oh, range. Still in the so- I haven't dropped an F-bomb yet. You can get by with one per PG-13 uh, movie. <laughs> hey, so. we talked about fish a couple episodes ago. <laughs> I don't plan on dropping an F-bomb, so well, that's you can good. feel safe, but... I'm still quite under the line. Absolutely. So, again, uh, each of us bring a topic to the table. We talk 20 minutes, and let me see. Who's, whose topic is first? I believe my I believe topic is. is first. Yes. So uh, we'll go with it. And a couple episodes back, and actually at this point maybe it's been more than a couple, but uh, we did a topic called What Did He Say? And I guess... This is kind of a branch out from that, but also is a branch out from, and I talked about listener input, and a listener text to me. Now, obviously, someone texting me, I know uh, somewhat personally, and it's my brother-in-law, and uh, he lives out in Monmouth, Illinois, Joe Pilger. Uh, Joe sent a text after our, which episode was it? Maybe it, it was the fair episode, I believe. So eight? Uh, eight. Yes. I believe episode eight. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about the Brown County Fair and we were talking about French fries and Todd said, and I'll let Todd say it again. You said you put what on French fries? I put catsup on French fries. Catsup. So his text to me was your cohort mispronounced the word ketchup. And Todd, you can give your explanation for that. Yeah. Well, first off, I, I like, I realized I like being referred to as a cohort. I don't believe I've ever been referred to as a cohort before. I appreciate technically that. Technically, be trihorts. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I prefer I prefer compatriots. Yeah, I like that. It sounds official. It but does. yeah, that you know, anybody who knows me knows that. Uh, well, first off, I went to college at a little later age, so my uh, put it put it frankly, I still don't speak perfectly a lot of the times. So I mispronounce a lot of words. However, that word, I, that was on purpose. Um, I, I said catsup because I, re, I know I distinctly remembering on bottles uh, back in the day saying fancy catsup. 
on 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 bottles. And I know that it's ketchup, and that's how I normally pronounce it. But yeah, that was on purpose. I don't usually call it catsup. Although if you if you listen to any episode, you will hear me mispronounce many a word. So uh, I'm not saying that I, I I I don't do that. But in that particular case, that was on purpose. What about the time where we were talking about yellow moose turd? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, why? Why? Yes, I do. Um, yeah. So, Todd, that was that was purposeful on your part, yes. and we tend to mangle the English language every once in a while for the purpose of humor, and uh, that was the case on that particular instance. So, we kind of took that text and we decided, hey, let's make a topic out of that or something along those lines. And between that and the previous topic we did, what did he say? We came across a list, and we're going to just kind of give opinions out. And I, the the other two have maybe scanned this list. I've gone in depth, and I'm just going to throw these things out there, and I'm going to ask them, since we are in this situation in this particular area of the world where a, a melting pot of dialects, languages, whatever, not necessarily languages, dialects, what does this thing mean to you? How do you use this phrase? So there are 25 of them here, and I'll start right at the top. And then this is one to me that uh, definitely you hear different usages among different people in this area. And it is many river crustaceans. (laughs) The words are (laughs) crawdads, crayfish, or crawfish. Well, I have a tendency to say crayfish but my father always said crawdads because your father was right (laughs) (laughs) the mouseman was right there are crawdads in in sardinia ohio yes crawdads that's the word i use the word my dad use is uses um and i i say mouseman I, i should qualify that Dad, Brady's dad was nicknamed Mousy. Yes. So we referred to him as the Mouseman. That's that's, <laughs> that's where that came from. So uh, just so you know, I'm not making fun of him. His name, his nickname was Mousy. So that's kind of we. That was our his code name was Mouseman. Of, of his, and I might add, the Mouseman, the Mouseman was a starting power forward on my All Star All Sardinia League team uh, many years ago. So, <laughs> which is a topic in and of exactly. itself. And, and, and he actually was an All Star. Maybe bring a, a dad yeah, he was a good basketball player. eventually because I have a, a really funny story to share about Brady's dad, but I'll, I'll save that for another episode. But yes. What, yes, what does your dad call them, Fiscus? Crawl dads. Crawl, okay. Which in turn, I call them crawl dads. Yes. So I, I will go along with you. The mouseman was correct. So Brady, crawl dads. So two out of the three of your, of your hosts call them crawl dads. In my defense, I think I started calling them crayfish because um, in zoology at college, we had to dissect one. And we, you know, when we were dealing with that particular species. And so I think I just got used to calling them crayfish. And it wasn't a purposeful thing, it just kind of started happening. I I get that. So this is kind of a North versus South list here. Mm -hmm. So. In the north, it's crawdads or crayfish. In the south, it's crawfish. So in this particular area, we kind of have a north meet south thing. So in this instance, we use a northern word 
two of the three of actually all three of us use a northern word. Uh, two of us use a different word than the other one. Is there well, ever, ever crawl moms? <laughs> <laughs> or female craw- <laughs> female yeah. fish called crawl moms? Yes. <laughs> I wonder. It, well, in the deep south, they are mud bugs. Mud bugs. <laughs> mud bugs. I've heard them call that many a time. It, it's usually when some. It's usually when you're in the South, and someone is like cooking up a bunch of crawdads to eat. It's there. You got to try these mud bugs. I mean, which you know, there's nothing less appetizing than saying, "Here, snack on this mud bug." That's pretty horrific sounding. <laughs> oh man! All right, so uh, moving on, and actually, number two on this list, we've kind of already touched on in our previous topic. Pop versus soda versus Coke. And we yeah. kind of exhausted that pop. particular thing before. Pop. Mm-hmm. We, I think we all agreed on pop there. Actually, Brady said soda because those Columbus people made him turn against his roots. Yeah. His roots. <laughs> so, That's uh, true. Shame on you, Brady. All right. Way. A group of people. A group of people in the North. Well, okay. Let, let me back up. You guys or... Y'all. I'm a you guys. I'm a y'all. I've said both. But I go, I I, I think I use them interchangeably. Usually when I say y'all, I'm kind of playing it up for comedic value. Not that it's funny, but, you know, just like I'm, I don't know. I kind of got stuck with it. I, 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 Probably lean toward y'all, mm-hmm. but I say both. Yeah, I say I say both. I yep. and I'd like to throw a third one in there. I uh, I dated a, a girl from Kentucky, and nothing against Kentucky people. I love Kentucky people. I was a huge UK fan growing up, as far as Kentucky or Kentucky basketball. But Yuns. Yuns was a, a pretty a pretty popular like a pretty popular. Uh, Weans and Ewans. Third option. Now, so, what is that contracting? Is that you ones? Like these <laughs> ones, those ones, and you ones? Is that what it means? I don't know. Whereas Yuns y'all, y'all just got you in, Y'all got you in shoes on? <laughs> yeah. Th- that never I don't know. I don't know how it was used. Moment. But I, 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 I met this girl that I dated working in Kentucky and it was pretty commonly used at the, at the place I used to work in Kentucky. It Yuns was used quite a bit. And how you, we, how you was, going? We lived well, too far and, south and where you it. worked in Kentucky, where you worked in Kentucky, you could probably throw a rock and hit the place you worked in Kentucky from Ohio. Exactly. So, I mean, it was exactly. Yeah. But it, this was not deep in the heart of Kentucky. It was right. northern Kentucky. Right. It, yeah. We're way too far in the Midwest and South to the like the you know the the East Coast, New Jersey, the use guys, the use guys thing. <laughs> well, there, yeah, there's that too. Um, but not too far from here in northern Kentucky, there's a water tower that says "Y'all." Yeah, uh, Florence, Kentucky. So that's kind of a nod to the uh, South. Well, somebody as well. set me straight on that because for years in my childhood i thought they just spelled mall wrong <laughs> because well, it was originally right beside the tower and i thought they were misspelling well, it was originally florence supposed mall. it was originally supposed to say florence mall but there was a law in kentucky against public utilities advertising businesses 
at the time. Well. So they changed Mall to Y'all. So all they had to and do now was, their minor league baseball team is called the Florence Yalls, which I, oh, don't give don't me don't give me oh, that, yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> jinx, you <yoga> coke. <laughs> uh, okay, Jinx. Now, now you gave me a segue. I was going to tell another story based upon this group of people thing. We have a friend who argues, and probably will argue to this day, that uh, on Scooby Doo, <laughs> Velma, the character Velma, used a word. Jinkies. Now, our friend will argue that Jinkies is a an equivalent to you guys. She would say in his mind, "Hey, Jinkies, come here," That's instead absurd. of "Hey, y'all," or "Hey, you guys, come here." Jinkies. Now, we have argued. I know Brady and I, I don't know if Todd's argued this with him or not, but uh, and it, I'll tell you who it is later. If Todd, if you don't know, if you're in the dark here, but. Um, he argued that Jinkies was a an equivalent to y'all or you guys, and we we think that's not the case. No. It's just an exclamation. That's what yeah, I was like, hey, Jinx. It's, it's like zoinks. Yikes or <laughs> eat heads or yeah. exactly. It is the shaggy equivalent to zoinks. <laughs> is Velma's Jinkies? That's correct. That is we, correct. You could, I mean, you could do that with any word. You could say zoinks means cheeseburgers. I mean, you could just say, you know, whenever, whenever Scooby says zoinks, he's really yelling out for a cheeseburger. I, you could, I mean, it's, did Scooby say zoinks? I thought Shaggy. Shaggy I'm sorry. Zoinks. Shaggy. Yeah. Yeah, wait. Well, yeah. I mean, so if, if I were to use it that way, you know, it would be like jinkies. I have a snake on my foot. It's not, <laughs> Hey jinkies. I got a snake on my foot. It's like jinkies. This is, you know, an exclamation. So, yeah, we love him, but that's absurd. So uh, moving along in our list here, and uh, I'm going to try to be, again, TV 14, PG 13. I mean, I'm going to tread lightly here. Uh, The word is pasty. (laughs) Now, this, this one particular... Spell it. P A S T I E. Okay. Pasty. That's the way we spell pasty. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, in the North, according to this list, a pasty is a hot pocket filled with vegetables and a choice of meat. That's a dag blasted chicken key if I've ever heard one. <laughs> wow. And don't say chicken key ever around yes. you. Yes. Um, in the South, a a pasty can be a an article of a clothing, a part of a very skimpy garment for a female. It covers it's the a nipple bit. cover. <laughs> I'm saying it's a nipple cover. Uh, of course you would, yes. uh, because you're right on that's that. My that's, that's, that's my job. That's your job. Role. He pointed um, that out. <laughs> I, I again i i personally have never heard of that word being used in conjunction with a food no I, it was always the latter definition in my mind i think this begs for a a a message or someone to r- touch base with us out there if you've ever heard a pasty referred to as a a food I, i'm just more shocked and, of again and i never realized that a hot pocket was just a poor man's chicken kiev I, I never realized that. 
I had see, I, and I don't see chicken Kiev being in a pocket form. Chicken Kiev is like a a casserole of sorts. <laughs> like a pot pie. Well, not the ones from the swan, man. They're individual. They're they're palm sized, like all i can think of is a bunch of okay pardon me is a bunch of uh, sailors on shore leave being severely disappointed when they go into an establishment when they said that there would be pasties and they're given hot pockets (laughs) instead of what (laughs) well you know imagine the poor uh you know dancer who when they find out that, hey, this is a pasties club, so they're given food to uh, cover themselves with, that would be, uh, that would be something. That, that would be something. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and we need to move on right away. <laughs> uh, I still, I want to hear from someone. Well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask my cousin, or my cousin, my brother-in-law, who lives in Monmouth, Illinois, very much north of us, Maybe he's heard of a pasty being a hot pocket filled with vegetables and a choice of meat. Hot pasties? We have not here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh gosh. Moving on. Uh, Sugar. Sugar. So I think it can be universally agreed that sugar is used for baking. It is an ingredient that we all love to eat in various tasty treats. Can sugar in your world also mean a kiss? Like, come here and give me some sugar, that kind of thing. It's if it is a yes. kiss, it's pronounced sugar. It's got to be sugar. Yeah, it's with gotta be sugar. No R. Sugar. Give me come over and give me some sugar. Um, right. Correct. I, I, can I I've heard the, that. Can I throw in the third definition? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I've actually heard it used to refer to the medical condition of diabetes. Um, like I got a case of the sugar <laughs> and, I, and I'm not making light of it, but I've actually heard that. I, I've, I've heard people say, yeah, I got the sugar. Have wait you guys a heard that? Wait a minute. Did you, did you say diabetes or diabetes? Diabetes. <laughs> okay. Wilfred, did you say diabetes? <laughs> the greatest thing ever um me being a music guy um i saw a guitar distortion pedal guitar pedal and it was called diabetes and it was uh wilford brimley's face but when you tapped on the foot pedal the eyes lit red it was amazing <laughs> i i tend my to think world of- was shaken when i saw wilford brimley in the firm and he was not nice yeah he typically plays the nice guy i, I prefer yeah. cocoon yeah, was- wilford brimley or you know, commercials, hawking products for diabetes. Is is yeah. he now selling the uh, do-it-yourself catheter? Which uh, oh god, excuse <laughs> me, <laughs> don't need that visual image. Infomercials? Have you seen those? I haven't. I I, I I can't I, think of anything I'd rather not do than give myself a catheter. I I don't want the visual of Wilford's Brimleys. <laughs> I, I don't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on. I wanted to say real quick though, Eric, is I do think that if you hear, I think when people use sugar, they automatically sound creepy. Like if that, like if you want the worst pickup line ever, go you know go at if you're a guy you know at, or a girl asking a guy, if you say hey can I get some sugar that's that's probably going to come off as creepy to anyone. 
Yeah. Indeed. Uh, that's your parent being sweet and saying, you know, hey, it's bedtime. Come give me some sugar. I can see that. But otherwise, it's it's probably right. best to not call. Uh, I think it's uh, from the past. Sugar. Like calling girls right. dames. Or it's one of those antiquated things that just doesn't play well now. Dame, what do you say, Dame? I, I could see Bugs Bunny saying that in an episode of Looney Tunes. Like, I don't know. Maybe back in the day, but it's been edited out by now. I'm sure. Yeah. All right, uh, moving on, and and this is this is an interesting one to me. Dressing. Is dressing something that goes on salad, or is it a bread-based side dish? It's both. Hmm. Neither which I care for. A bread-based side dish is called stuffing, <laughs> not yes. dressing. Um, I, it's I've not seen called it. stovetop dressing. So, <laughs> <laughs> see, to, to me... It depends upon the location of the food. If the food comes out of a cooked turkey, it is stuffing. If it is not within the cooked turkey, it is dressing. So well, if you had a slice of miatlawaf and beside of it was, it would be dressing. But if it, exactly. okay, well, if it came from the turkey, it would be stuffing. Gotcha. I've always thought that was made up anyway. I, I come from a, a pretty good family of, of cooks and some pretty good food. And I've never, ever, ever have we stuffed turkeys with, with anything. Um, and my mom makes stuffing, which means that I can't stand stovetop stuffing because to me it's not real stuffing. But I, again, I dressing to me is liquid. It's something I put on a salad. It's salad dressing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you disturb me there for a second. It's, yeah, you know if this were a video <laughs> podcast, and Brady made a face thinking the uh, the turkey dressing was liquid. <laughs> I'm scarred for life, man. No, I, I I say I'm completely with the North version of this and saying that dressing goes on salad or a military wound. only a military window it must occur on the battlefield right yeah it must be with a hacksaw yeah i'm talking about for a 69 caliber mini ball (laughs) veterans Uh, okay so (laughs) so so this one uh this one is not up for debate, I don't think, but I think it's funny. Uh, it says tea. In the north, tea is black tea. In the south, it is a cold drink consisting of sugar and an aftertaste of tea. <laughs> <laughs> that's now, very true. Th- this is something that's occurred within my lifetime because when I was in high school and I would order tea, it was always unsweet. Without a doubt, unsweet. You had to sweeten it yourself. Now people assume that you want tea with sugar in it. You have to tell them unsweet tea, and usually they will still give you sweet tea. Um, Todd, you were with me. Um, One of the angriest I ever got, you know, I'm a pretty chill guy, but it was like at an Applebee's or someplace of that ilk. And um, we were all sitting at the, you know, getting served. And I said, "Um, do you guys have sweet tea? 
And the waiter was kind of being a hot dog handle. And he kind of just said, <laughs> well, where do you think this is? The South? It's like, well, no, I, I, I'm just asking. Jeez, it was just one of those moments. Like, it was just unnecessarily confrontational just because I wanted some sugar in my tea. <laughs> well, growing up, you, you know, I, I don't drink tea that much anymore. But growing up, that was our family drink of choice. We always had a yeah. pitcher of tea in the refrigerator. And it was sweet. It was nest tea. It was the instant you know, nest tea to come in the cylindrical uh, containers. Making a <laughs> and, uh, that's not tea, sir. That's, and, that's uh, was, water with ice cubes. And again, it was, it was, uh, must be in a bag. I didn't have time to wait for sun tea in my house. You had, I mean, you had to keep it coming. And <laughs> we were, eating, we were trying to wash down our crazy meatloaves. Damn it. We can't uh, <laughs> wait for any sun tea. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, hey Todd, do, do you think people like the, the sun tea? Do you think there's ever those people, you know, that live up toward the Arctic Circle to get really disappointed in the winter because they can't make sun tea? I don't know. I just, I, I've never understood sun tea. And you got to have a picnic table in the sun to put the tea on, to put the pitcher I, I on. I think it was a marketing ploy. I really do. And you got to wait 37 hours for it to get warm enough. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But nest tea, instant tea was where it was at in the Griffin family. And I always like, I prefer sweet tea because obviously that was before anybody cared about health and sugar and, you know, things like that. Uh, but I think it kind of ruined my uh, ability to, to drink a healthier version of tea. I can't maybe Splenda or something. I can't do sweet and low or. Uh, Nest tea um, always had the worst aftertaste. I always thought it had a little bit of a ashtray like uh, finish to it. <laughs> you and your ashtray, as did the Boston Shake from the Dairy Yum Yum. Well, hey, just this very evening, just this very evening, I was able to get a Boston Shake, by the way, and it was delicious and it was ash free. Please come to Boston for a milkshake. Thank you, Dave Loggins. Um, our, our time has run out, but I feel I need to extend this just for a moment because there are a couple other things I think we need to address. Uh, first of all, or a stuff, a (laughs) shredded cabbage served with a milk, milk based cream, coleslaw or slaw, (laughs) (laughs) or in some parts, slough. One of those words we like to mispronounce. What's some schlack off? A slaw. Give me a slaw. Well, that would be one shred of roughage, not like not, like a slaw. I think of as as the whole colony of you know shredded stuff, not just one. I would think one little piece would be a slaw fragment, not a slaw. <laughs> now you're, now you sound like someone who would call it cabbage instead of cabbage. Cabbage. Chime in, Eric, with this one, and I'll say this: when I order it, I say coleslaw. You know, yes. And, but I've been known to say, I enjoy a good slaw. <laughs> As opposed so to a slaw. Slaw encompasses more than just the milk-based cream version. There are other slaws out there. So the coleslaw is very specific to 
the milk-based cream version. Is there oil slaw? What other kind no, of slaw, slaw is there that, besides coal slaw? There's slaw that has vinegar in it Good and gosh. cabbage. Like that's what you get at the uh, uh, the city barbecue. If you get slaw, it's that slaw. But well, I, I still think it, it has white. Isn't it? Isn't it just the same? Ing- it's still the milk based, isn't it? And just they add the vinegar. No, I think it's vinegar based. I will say this: I prefer in my slaw. I want a a moist. I want a wet slaw. I don't want a tacky. I don't want slaw that's like somebody just took a head of cabbage and just started, you know, just chop. I hate dry slaw. <laughs> Agreed. It's small. I don't like slaw. Coleslaw is either really good or really bad. Yeah. There's no in between. I prefer a small slaw. <laughs> <laughs> no slaw grind on your end. Okay, guys, I think we had to let our listeners know. Um, we were we were dealing with some technical issues. So this is a typical a later time that we typically record, and I think that we have reached the slap-happy point. So just saying, this might be one of the greatest episodes <laughs> ever. We're all happy. But I also think okay. with the slaw there, Eric, this, this okay. could go on, man. Like, do, are you a slaw on your manwich type person? Absolutely not. No. no. Like taking a great thing. No. It's like, hey, does somebody want to throw cat poop on my hot dog? That, like, what, <laughs> why would anybody put slaw on a unkept Jose, if you will? I bet. Are your, how about your parents? Like my dad and my mom both. <laughs> I think we broke Eric. <laughs> I can't breathe. And I kept saying <laughs> We've got the host down. Oh. We have a piper down. I will say oh. I like my coleslaw. Uh, I, I like my coleslaw near my my bar my manwich. I like it up again it. <laughs> but I don't like it in it. <laughs> a t-shirt begin it but not in it yeah I, again, I want to preface this since Eric is temporarily rendered uh, unspeakable which I'm not too far behind oh man Um, I, it was somebody asked me how I like my slaw I was like I don't it, A it qualifies it's white it creamy oh, stuff yeah. I'm not going to touch it plus it has that vinegary base which I don't like the smell of it so it's just like it's an unholy cabal of a side dish for me. Uh, um, oh, man. Now, in the South, slaw will suffice. It's just referred to as slaw. In the North, it's coleslaw, just to finish that out. And we're only halfway through this list. I think we need a, a revisit. <laughs> Might we be the extended episode. <laughs> uh, we'll pick up there. I, that's where we need to be is... I, I I was crying. Yeah. I, I was. I'm tear- not breathing and crying. <laughs> <laughs> Those are not usually good combinations. No, they're not. <laughs> All right. So that was topic number one. I, Lord knows where we're going to go from here. But uh, <laughs> topic number two. Who's up? I forget. I believe I am. I think Todd's up. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. So topic number two. I thought it would be kind of fun to talk about some places that we try to avoid. Just um, that's that's it. Okay. That's all I got. Places we try to avoid. I guess like the back of a Volkswagen. 
<laughs> yes. Uh, so whoever wants to go first, what are some places that you try to avoid and what's the backstory and why you try to avoid them? Um, I'll go ahead and start off. Um, the first one is definitely easy for me because like where some people will flock to this place, like the salmon of Capistrano, um, I avoided, and that is large buffets. I avoid buffets because it just, they just gross me out in general. I avoid them. Um, I, you know, a, I always tend to eat too much, but B, I just can't watch because there's the, you know, little kids are like sticking their fingers and stuff. And, you know, somebody's <laughs> hacking up along over the, um, over the scallop potatoes and, you know, it just, it's kind of an unpleasant experience. And then you're watching somebody, um, like eat way too much and like, oh gosh, I'm getting full just watching them. So, um, buffets, uh, I avoid them. So it's both a germ factor and a, a gluttony factor for you. Yes. And, um, you know, the, and there, guys, don't get me wrong. There's been some wonderful buffets, um, you know, I'm not going to go into specific places, but, you know, I've had some wonderful ones. But, you know, one of my big complaints is is some of the things that are supposed to be good at buffets are usually kind of lowish on quality. Like I always uh, made a joke about this one establishment when on steak night, I always called it rat steak because um, <laughs> it was a very poor quality steak that could also, um, you know, that it could also function as the bottom of a dress shoe if need be. And, um, so <laughs> please, please don't mention the establishment. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I we, should we don't have the money to get sued, <laughs> but no, we don't, but buffet is definitely a place I avoid. It's so like, so I, I can see that. And that's why I, I guess I'm so disgusted at myself that I, I enjoy a good buffet. A uh, couple of things about buffets real quick. That brings up a couple of my, my pet peeves. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I love, I, I've always I've had lots of nieces and nephews. I have a big family. I love, I, I like children, but one of my big issues is that people that do not mind their children or keep an eye on their children at a buffet, they, they do not follow that 11 and under, you know, must be accompanied by an adult. And, and, and it's, it's pretty much becoming a, a, a common thing now to see. So I agree, Brady, that buffets aren't quite as enjoyable to me as they used to be. Uh, if if you know the Griffin men particularly, uh, that would be you know me and my my brother, my brother Don and my and my dad and now Ethan. You know that we uh, we have a couple hangups that are, are pretty humorous to others, and one of them is if you eat at a buffet with any of us, you pretty much the soundtrack to that buffet is us watching other people and commenting about how much food is they're getting from the buffet <laughs> at any given time. So I, I, in this, I didn't realize I had, we had passed this on to my son, my brother I've made fun of for years because he can't even enjoy his food. He can't enjoy his food because he's watching what other people are getting and how much they're leaving on their plates and before they go back. And so I'm at a particular buffet here uh, in town a couple weeks back with my son and I just noticed he's antsy and he, he won't, he won't eat. He's looking over at the buffet. And next thing I know, he says, uh, dad, that guy took, that guy took nine breadsticks. Dad, you believe that you believe anybody would take nine breadsticks. And so he was just really been out of shape about how much food people are taking. So there's another issue I have with buffets is I guess overtaking your share and which leaves less for other people and typically means you leave lots of leftovers and waste on your plate. 
So I agree with the buffet thing, sort of, Brady, although I do like the yeah. food at buffets. I, w- I would like to finish this off with a positive, though. Um, I did have a moment of joy, and not for myself, um, a very dear friend of mine. This is a shout-out to Doreen. Um, there was a buffet that we went to um, where they had fruit pizza, where it was like cherry and apple. Basically, it's an apple or a cherry pie. But the moment right. that she looked down and realized that there was these big vats of icing, the kind that goes on cinnamon rolls that everybody loves and you never can't get enough of, she's like, Brady... Those are entire containers of icing. This is the happiest day of my life. And she was so overjoyed at that moment. And I just, I enjoyed that experience so much because I saw somebody have just a, just a almost religious moment with that vat of icing and it truly made somebody happy. So I can't throw all the shade at buffets, but I throw a lot of it at buffets. And we know how you feel about cinnamon rolls. I do love them. Okay, uh, Todd, do you have anything on that note? On the places that you try to avoid, I do. Uh, And this is an unpopular one. I'll go ahead and admit it. Uh, Anyone who really knows me knows that I'm not big on swimming. I'm I'm not big on swimming pools. Uh, There might be several reasons. Uh, Obviously, you know, uh, fair-skinned, so I have dealt with my fair share of sunburns, but I know how to pretty much keep that from happening, and growing up with fair skin, you get you pretty used to it, especially since for the first 20 years of my life, we you never wore sunscreen. You just pretty much got burned to a crisp, but you blistered and peeled, and you got burned again. Uh, but the main reason I don't like oh, swimming man. pools is I'm not a big fan of wet food grosses me out. And it never fails when you're at a swimming pool and people are eating their crunch bars, their ice cream cones, their, 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 their hot dogs. Their, there's always a wet – to use a Brady term, there's a wet handle or something laying around the edge of the pool. There's a wet uh, edge of a, of, a, of a burger. There's a wet – the bottom part of the ice cream cone that the kid drops. There's always something wet near the pool and walking around barefoot. And I had this memory of a kid of – you know, stepping in and you go into the, to the, to the, whatever it is, the shower room or whatever. And there's always wet food in the shower room and and it just grosses me out. And that has extended itself to another place I try to avoid. So public pools is a place I try to, in fact, I'll go ahead and say it. The, uh, what's the pool? Uh, I'm not knocking the establishment. What's the pool down at, uh, Oconee? Oh, sunlight pool. Uh, sunlight pool. That is, my, that is my definition. I think that's what hell would be like. Just <laughs> being in a pool of thousands and thousands of people all eating food, dropping food particles on the ground and, and me walking through it. But it led me to another place that I that I stay away from, and that is like kitchen areas of <laughs> restaurant clubs, bars. If we have to load in, if the band has to load in through a kitchen, I pretty much close my nose, my eyes, and just walk through because I can't stand the dishes area where there's wet food just being sprayed, sprayed off of a of a of a dish or a plate. I'm literally like right now, seriously, I'm dry. I'm starting the dry heave right now because uh, of the of wet food. For that reason, I'm hesitant to bring this up. When um we played, when our band played at um the Argosy Casino. We had to unload through this kitchen area, and there was the big old grease vats. And I thought you were going to faint each time yes. that we walked by them. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll I'll add this to that, and you bring up the grease vats. 
uh, we had someone out the other day to service our septic system and me and my wife kind of asked him basically how how do you deal with this here i mean this this is not a a glamorous job by any means and there's some real drawbacks to it uh, he basically said well i i can't really smell anymore <laughs> is what he said uh, <laughs> he's been rendered moof <laughs> he is moof um but then he went on to say, you know, this is nothing compared to cleaning out the grease vats at Skyline. Oh, don't ruin <laughs> Skyline for me. And I, I didn't even, I was like you, I didn't even want to go there. And I, I had sung the praises of Skyline in a conversation we had just before we started recording Skyline versus Gold Star. But uh, yeah, that, that, that particular comment really hit me at home and I didn't like it. Yeah, well. When everybody else thinks of growing up and like going to the to the local pool, everybody so pictures fun and sun and swimming. I honestly, here's what I think in my head: if you tell me public pool, I picture a about an inch and a half piece of hot dog bun, wet, <laughs> to disintegrate on the concrete with about nine ants and two or three flies on it, and kids it's just and kids just marching through it just splashing it it becomes part of the water it spreads out now we have a river of of hot dog bun <laughs> todd that's, you would have been partic- you would have been really horrified at one of our stupid um examples of tomfoolery and shenanigans at winoka day at lake winoka pool where the gang the whole gang we lined up like big old halves of watermelon because they were giving it over and we set them on the edge of the pool. And for some reason we thought it wise to pop out of the water and yell orca and slam our faces into the watermelon and try to eat it. Like we were, um, <laughs> like we were a wayward school of porpoise. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, and my, my favorite snacks at the, you mentioned Lake Winoka, my favorite snack at the at Lake Winoka and in most any pool back then would have been the crunch bars. The, the ice cream on a stick with the they were the strawberry or chocolate and they had the little yeah yeah it kind of uh, looked like aquarium gravel on a on a exactly you yeah. know what happened when you ate those right oh uh, I love those the strawberry ones yeah kids with no supervision eat those too close to the pool and those little those little balls on the on the ice cream the crunch bars fall in the, in the water gets them and they end up looking like little busted pus bubbles spreading Pus-tools. out into the water. Yeah, sorry. This is a this is a very interesting psychological study on you because <laughs> you not ten minutes ago sang the praises of wet slaw, and now you're going on about hating wet food. I think it's amazing to me. I don't. I don't. Very ironic. It. Yeah. So that's my sorry to. I, yeah, I got a little queasy there on everyone, but I. Uh, that's it. That's Put my place I try to avoid. As a bucket of queasy episode, <laughs> an extension. Okay, so um, I'll, I'll go historical on this one, and Brady jogged my memory on this. Uh, as a child, there was a store which eventually became Dillard's, but back then it was called McAlpin's, a Cincinnati-based department store. Uh, first of all, as a child, it was a terrible place to go because there was nothing there that you liked. Except your mother shopping, which was boring, and that's why you hated it. It was boring. Yeah, that, that that was awful. Now we could extend that out to today and going certain places with our wives shopping that are just terrible. But I, I won't do that right now. What year did McAlpin's 
come to an end? Um, uh, McAlpin's turned into Dillard's in mid eighties or something like that. Oh, no, it was later than that. Was it something before it? Dillard's or mid nineties? I think it's yeah. mid nineties. Is it Lazarus? No, that's a different. Yeah, that would be used to be Macy's. I'll ask Celia because I thought she worked at McAlpin's, which means it would have been late nineties before it changed over to Dillard's. And that could be. I don't know. Right? Sorry, that, that that's not important. Yeah. The the location I speak of was in Cherry Grove. Now they eventually moved it to the yes. They moved it to Eastgate Mall later. Um but you went into the Cherry Grove McAlpins and there was this sound and it was a high pitched dog whistly sort of squeal that only children I'm convinced could hear. Uh, I heard I it. Think, well, and you were a child because you heard it. Now the parents claimed they couldn't hear it. I believe it was a mechanism that was designed to keep children in line. It was, uh, and I'm thinking back to those TV shows, those spy shows where you had the high pitched squeal and the guy's holding onto his ears and he's in his, you know, William Shatner in that episode of Star Trek's coming to mind. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So this was designed specifically as a child wrangling tool that only children could hear. And the parents could go around and shop without interruption because the children were kind of uh, put into place by this sound. Yeah, if you start running through the uh, racks of clothes or, you know, doing something you weren't supposed to do, getting a little bit too hands-on with the album section, they would just crank up the pitch and down on your knees, you'd go and right back in line like it was an invisible fence. Harkening back to episode one, the feeling. (laughs) Exactly. So as a child, McAlpin's for many reasons was a place I didn't want to go. Specifically that sound, but again, having merchandise there that I had no interest in at all. Can you, excuse me, so you and Brady both heard it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Did anyone else hear it? Like you guys talked about? Yes. Uh, other people our age who were children at the time knew of the sound. Okay. And was that my parents knew not of the sound? Was that sound they, also at the mall location? No, no. no it was only at the Cherry Grove location. Probably because was it was any- grandfathered in and it was legal. And then once they moved it to the mall, <laughs> it violated all kinds of, uh, you know, medical statutes. So I think that begs for another, you know, some people to comment, some listeners to chime in. If you were a child of the, what 80s and early 90s late late 70s early 80s uh and you remember hearing the high-pitched squeal sound that yes yes i would kind of like to hear from you guys uh i did just get a text i while we were talking i texted my wife and i asked her and she said that she did work at mcalpin's and then when it changed over to dillard's so that definitely would have been late 90s when it changed from mcalpin's to dillard's so just a little history there and and Dillard's was uh, Dillard's and McAlpin's existed apart from each other, and I think they just changed the name of McAlpin's and made them Dillard's. Um, Dillard's was down south, and then when when the merger happened, they just chose the southern name because it was more prominent down there. It was the larger of the two, but uh, not Fair enough. Hey, on an interesting footnote, you know, I about met my death because of McAlpin's once. Um, because my mother was boring me and she was shopping, I said, um, it's it, weird. sorry, mom, it, you know where this is going. Um, she listens and loves it. Because my but, mother was boring? 
Because my mother was boring. No, but she was shopping, and it was going to be a while. And But there was one saving grace. There was a uh, pet store called Petland, just two doors down. Like It was a kind of a strip mall, and I would pass the time by going in there and playing with the puppies or whatever. Well, this one time, there happened to be, a, and I don't know what you'd call them, a pack of ferrets. Um, they had them in a little display thing, and you could play with the ferrets, and I was playing with this ferret, and um, it, it happened. My eyes start swelling shut. My throat start, and I went running over. It's like, Mom, I think I'm dead. And I was covered with splotches, and my eyes were swollen shut, swole shut. And I had an allergic reaction to a ferret, and it's McAlpin's fault. So I'm pretty sure a, a group of ferrets is called a murder, just like crows. A murder, Seriously? a murder. No, I'm just making that up. But it sounds a oh, murder okay. affair. They almost murdered Brady that day. Yes, they did. They did. But <laughs> so you went to Petland, and they had ferrets there. Do they? I don't. Do they still have ferrets at Pet Smarts and things like that? Um, I, I don't know. But another unusual occurrence. There was one time I opened up the door, and our friend Doug can vouch for this too. Um, two separate occasions that there was a wallaby. That they had free roaming in the store. And that moment where you open up the door and you see this kangaroo kind of coming at you. I mean, it's a cute kangaroo, but you know, when you're six and all of a sudden you're having flashbacks of Sylvester and getting punted by this thing. So, yeah. I, yeah. I don't frequent those stores very often, but I, I know that <laughs> I, I'm, not a, I'm not a big fan of any furry, scurrying animal. A ferret, a a, a, a a flying squirrel, a uh, Danny DeVito, a marmoset, a uh, sugar weasel. What were those things called? <laughs> sugar weasel, sugar. What are those things called? Sugar gliders. Sugar gliders. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a diabetic ferret. <laughs> a sugar weasel. <laughs> I can see Wilford Brimley. You have a sugar weasel in your home. It's got the sugar. Your weasel has diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I you can get your your common uh, uh, hamster uh, gerbil. Um, insert your own Richard Gear joke there. <laughs> so, uh, but I, yeah, I, know they, legend. I didn't know they sold ferrets there. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was the only time. Well, I don't know if there was another time because I don't think I went back in there again <laughs> without a hazmat suit. But yeah, um, so but well, by by iron. Irony would have it, I avoided PetSmart after that. Places I'd avoided. Yes. So I'll I'll give you one more real quick. We have a minute left in our time frame here. Currently speaking, I guess even speaking prior to, and this alludes back to something we talked about in a previous episode, I don't like to go to public restaurants. (laughs) Does anyone? Does anyone like to? Well, I don't know if anyone likes to. Right? It, it, it probably doesn't bother most of the populace. They'll just do whatever. And it doesn't necessarily bother me. I try to avoid it. Uh-huh. I There are certain things I will not do there. I, I will only do one function and not the other. Um, Does this involve <laughs> however, <wet> food? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, I guess what bothers me about public restrooms is people who don't follow the adhered to rules about... For example, social distancing in the restroom. If I go to a urinal, someone should not take the urinal next to mine. If there's a urinal open farther down the line. Or don't take the one next to mine if there's a stall open, for example. 
yeah, well, social distancing in the restroom that occurred well before our current social distancing situation. And you mentioned etiquette and rules. I mean, there's some things, you know, like that some people don't think of like, you know, you've been in a restroom washing your hands and somebody's not uh, exercising their um, ability to courtesy flush, which, you know, causes, you know, nobody wants to know about the intestinal distress that is occurring on the other side of the wall. And um, so, you know, that's an etiquette thing. But I, now I've never had this really happen to me personally, but I've heard horror stories of people going to public restrooms where they're in a, 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 a prone, you know, vulnerable moment and somebody <laughs> all next to them starts conversing. <laughs> I, I kind of like to do that. Really? You just kind of like to make people feel uncomfortable? Yeah, but if you notice this, and this is one of my, my fears of growing old and maybe even my, maybe not a fear, maybe I welcome it, but elderly people, they have no shame in a public restroom. No, they, well, elderly people have no shame anywhere, but, really. But, but I mean, it's like they have no, because we've all sat in a public restroom before, unfortunately, and had to worry about, you know, Try to pretend like we're not there, or the opposite. You keep coughing so you let somebody know that you, you know, that you're in there. Uh, oh, go ahead, Brady. Well, the where the symphony of intestinal noises is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Like, but but when you get, I think when you become an old man, you don't worry anymore. You just let let loose. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> uh, pretty much. I do you. When you reach a certain age, you say whatever you feel like saying. You do whatever you feel like doing. I guess you've earned that right at that age. <laughs> Much like uh, I remember one of my first Reds game memories, walking into a bathroom and seeing a an elderly gentleman standing at the urinal with his pants and everything down all the way to his ankles, <laughs> just, just bare ass uh, in front of the urinal. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I've seen that a few times since then. Really? Is that yeah. a normal uh, – that- what is that ever well, okay? And, and that, that that brings me up to the whole urinal thing of, of having partitions at the urinal. I don't like a place where there's no partition at the urinal. There are certain things that are meant to be done, as you said, Brady, in a modicum of privacy. And the urinals without partitions don't allow for that privacy. Uh, okay. And we can't, and I know we're running over time just a little bit, but it has to be said, you know, we like to avoid public restrooms, but, you know, you have to flip the script just a little bit. We've all felt really bad when, you know, you're in there, you conduct your commerce quickly, you use the urinal, you go wash your hands, and um, somebody is in the stall, and they are making quite a racket. And um, to keep from like laughing or chuckling, or and you feel bad, you have to get out of there because the, like there's a real unholy sound coming from that, and you want to start laughing, and you know you have to escape before you accidentally say something because that leads to awkward comments. Todd, you know what I'm talking about yeah, when we played yeah. the Blue Note, um, when a famous local musician was. Um, conducting his commerce and we didn't know it and um there was unpleasantness and wreakage and i didn't know that the person was oh, what did i say todd's like oh good gosh it's 
and then the door opens and it's this famous local musician and i felt like two inches tall because you know that's kind of violating protocol you don't comment on somebody's vulnerability at that moment but um it's it's like when you're and i i you know i i don't want to cross over into a lot of drug reference here but it's like when you're at a concert uh, spending the whole time saying, guys, I, you smell that? Guys, I smell I smell marijuana, guys. I smell. You don't want to be that person that's at the middle of a rock concert calling it out. I mean, you're at a rock concert. It's going to be there. So you don't walk into a bathroom and a local legend is stinking it up and call out the local <laughs> legend, you know, stinking it up. And that's exactly uh, what Brady did. And, and I didn't even mean to do it. I, I felt so horrible. And especially it was kind of one of the, like a good moment for me is early in our career. And, you know, this guy complimented on our playing later and I just felt like I went to crawl under a table cause I was so embarrassed <laughs> and I hope I, he didn't it, remember it, that. I, I'm going to cross a line here, probably a little bit gross, but I think it needs to be crossed. And, uh, I'm calling out our fellow guys here. Gentlemen, I don't know why everybody thinks when they're standing at a urinal, they need to become, Pablo Picasso with their booger art on the uh, oh, on the man. wall. You guys know what I'm talking about. What is that? Lack I'm happy to say I've never I've never added to that collage of mucus that that for some reason gentlemen no, think they need. Neither to, have I. No. If I, you are a listener of ours yeah. and you and you add to that uh, to the 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 booger braille that's on the uh, that's on the. Uh, <laughs> The wall of the urinals. Stop it! That is gross, and it makes it sets guys back many, many years. And uh, to we can already be gross enough, right. gentlemen. Let's be honest. Yes. <laughs> Case in point. Uh, well, this this podcast yeah, exactly. moment, but we're funny. With that, with that. Uh, yes, we've gone beyond our twenty minutes. Don't. So we must we must move on quickly. Cut that out. That's an important public service announcement right there. <laughs> Stop picking your nose and wiping it on the walls, guys. Duly noted. Use your Bra- hanky. Brought to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Use your handkerchief. <laughs> well, that'll do it for topic number two. And uh, again, we all take turns here, and Brady is in the cleanup spot today. So Mr. Liming, what's topic three? Thank you, gentlemen. Um, my topic kind of originated from a Facebook post that I found circulating and people reposting. So I thought, why not make it a topic here? And this topic is called quarantine house. Um, you know, in our current state of sheltering in place and staying at home, if you were to be quarantined, what would be what would your quarantine house look like? And here are the parameters that I'm going to throw out to you, gentlemen. Um, you need to pick five people. The first person is going to be a famous athlete. The second one is going to be a historical figure. The third and fourth is going to be a female celebrity, and then a male celebrity, and then rounding out the fifth is. A musician, a famous musician or musician that you would want in your quarantine house. Um, so this sounds like it's going to have some cool, fun possibilities. And I get a feeling that we're going to surprise each other. I don't know about you guys, but I don't think these are going to be your garden variety uh, answers, at least in my opinion. So um, I'll go ahead and kick this off. And I'm going to start with my professional athlete, which, um, you know, 
might surprise you guys. So here we go. Um, in my quarantine house, I want my professional athlete to be none other than the nature boy, Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot think of a more entertaining person to have in the quarantine house than Nate. Um, think of the stories he could tell. Think of uh, if somebody gets out of line, you know, um, getting a little bit irritating, you could slap the figure four leg lock on him, cut an awesome promo on somebody. And uh, like when you think Ric Flair, you think of a large personality and a lot of stories. I, it, man, the guy has had a 40 year career. I grew up watching him and I still, you know, watch him and follow his shenanigans. So you got to say that Ric Flair would be a very, very fun quarantine housemate. There would never be a shortage of blinged out, uh, bedazzled robes either. Oh, yeah. Hey, Rick, I'm coming out of the shower. Can I use your uh, blue peacock feather robe so I can, you know, <laughs> sure. That, why not? Why he, slides not? In, he slides in and backhands you across the chest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that hurts as bad as it looks. But anyway, um, yeah, so definitely, uh, yeah, Space Mountain is going to be in my quarantine house. What about you, Todd? All right. So for my athlete, I'm just going to trans, uh, you know, just move right along to another, uh, blonde haired, blue eyed beauty. Uh, Larry bird is, uh, is who I'm going to go with for my, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> no surprises there. And by the way, uh, if you're listening, hopefully you kind of got my, uh, Silly sense of humor there. Larry Bird was not considered an attractive man at all. So when I called him a blonde-haired, blue-eyed beauty, uh, I definitely was being a bit. Um, what's the word I'm looking for, Jim? Yes, yes. I thought so you were anyway. just referring to his skills. <laughs> no, Larry Bird. Uh, you know, to me, when I find myself in the middle of a debate, a Jordan versus LeBron versus Magic. I, I'm with it enough to admit that Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player ever, but I put Larry Bird up there in that, in that cat, in the argument top three. And when you look at the fact that he just did not have the tools, the physical tools, the others did that are in that conversation. And when you take, when you, when you figure that into the equation, I, I still call him the greatest. Uh, the man was not athletic. He was not, I mean, he did it all with, he, he outsmarted people. He outworked people. Uh, he got in their heads, you know, one of the best trash talkers in the, in the, in the history of the game. That's a story that's not told much about what an excellent trash talker oh, Larry man. Bird was and how yes. he could get in their heads. Yes. And love those YouTube videos talking about his trash talk. Yeah. That, I mean, and the thing of it is he backed it up. Uh, he was, you definitely didn't want to scrap with him because, you know, he had that farm boy strength, uh, that he, uh, so I think it was just a combination though. When you, it, and a lot of people, I fear that a lot of people just don't do their homework and they don't watch and, and watch, you know, what he was able to do and, you know, and he and magic together, Change the game, and they did. There would be no conversation of LeBron or, or even to some, you know, Jordan. I mean, so he changed the game along with Magic, and to me, he was just the ultimate player. You know, I was always fond of shooters. He was a shooter. I was always fond of you know good passers and scrappy, hardworking players, and he was definitely all of that, which is probably why his. uh Later years, he spent most of the time laying on his stomach in front of the bench because he had pretty much given it all he had for 10 years and his back wasn't able to keep going. And 
So I think he would be fun to hang out with in my quarantine house and have a beer with and talk about good old French lick. Uh, my athlete, and again, this may be a surprise to you all, uh, not necessarily the sport the athlete was in, but who the athlete is. Tony Perez. Ah, ah it's a legend, man. I love Tony it, Perez. Uh, yes. And, and I say that because of this and, and a couple different reasons. First of all, being a part of the big red machine, I mean, you had those big egos. You had Rose, you had Bench, you had Morgan. But Perez was the one that was the glue. And you read a whole lot of different things, and it, it's fairly well known. Tony Perez, once he was traded away, the team was never the same. It, he yeah. didn't have that guy there to check the egos, and the egos kind of took over. And it's a very good study in psychological aspects of of a team and how they mesh together. And I think Perez would have a lot of insight on that. So, but plus I, I want to know his true feelings on being fired as the Reds manager after 24 games. Yeah. As I say, it was like less than a month, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah it was 24 games or something like that. I, I, he never, he very classy individual. He never made his feelings known. I mean, he still comes around the team and everything, but he must have some deep seated feelings toward Jim Bowden. He would have to. He would I, have and, to. And I think part of the rules of this quarantine house should be whoever you invite into your quarantine house has to tell the absolute truth. It's like you you get the truth serum at the door. If I ask you a question in the quarantine house, I want to know exactly how you feel about something. I agree that to that. An excellent rule. Um, little footnote there to Tony Perez. Um, the, my very first Reds game that I ever went to was in 1976. And could have been 77, but I think it was 76, but the Reds versus the St. Louis Cardinals. And I attended it with my Honduran grandfather, Ted, who I mentioned in the previous episode. And uh, Ted kind of favored or kind of looked just a little bit like Tony Perez, because on the way out, um, George Foster had hit a home run in the ninth inning, a walk off. And, you know, the, the stadium erupted and we were walking out and people were saying, are you Tony Perez? Like, and he was jokingly saying that he was his brother. So um, <laughs> I remember, you know, him kind of like helping carry me out. And he was telling everybody that he was Tony Perez's brother because people were asking him about it. So just throwing that in there. Okay. Right, next. We have went through our round of athletes. Now it is time to go to our historical figure. Now this historical figure could be alive or dead. Now, Hey, quarantine house, we, uh, roll back the laws of physics and science, and we're going to reanimate people. And, um, so the historical figure that I'm starting off with, I've gone back and forth and back and forth. And I've come to this conclusion. I want my historical figure to be Henry the eighth. Okay. I'm coming at you from a different angle. I was going to go with the American history and the president, but I would love to bring Henry VIII back. It's like, dude, what were you thinking? Here is a guy that had life by the cojones. He was the king. It's good to be king. But, I mean, think about the impact that Henry VIII has had on the world. Um, you know, the, the religious reasons, you know, his split from the church. Um, my gosh, he had two of his wives put to death. He, um, That's what I was going to say. It was not good to be queen under Henry. <laughs> it was not good to be queen. And, and the whole story about, um, I believe it was his third wife, um, Anne of Cleves, who was a, who was a German um, royal. 
And he uh, found favor with her by, of course, this was the days before Instagram and Facebook. So they had to bring an oil painting of her. But when she arrived in real life, the, the story says that he said, my God, she has the face of a horse. <laughs> Which is not something that, you know, that the ladies like, you know. Well, she's Sarah Jessica and, um Oh, I shouldn't laugh at that. I'm sorry. If you're listening, Jessica Parker, thank you for listening. Uh, (laughs) She is an Ohio native. She may indeed be listening. I didn't. She may be. Invent that joke, Broderick. We love you. We don't mean it. Um, But, uh, but, but anyway, like I just find him fascinating. Um, You know, all of his backstories. Like, dude, man why all the drama? Why were you so darn nuts? Is it true that absolute power corrupts? Absolutely. Nobody would tell him no, you know, just what made this man tick that he did these horrible things when, you know, he was the king of the most powerful country. So at that time, you know, arguably, so I I might be a little bit geeking out there, history geek, but that was my choice. Henry the eighth. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's a fine pick, and I, like you said, I think it's a pick that, uh, hey, if you can give a little history lesson with your pick, and uh, I learned some things, to be honest with you, so I appreciate that, Brady. Hey, I try. I, uh, I'm i going to go with, for my historical figure in the quarantine house, Doc Holliday. Oh, nice. man. And nice. The Val Kilmer Doc Holliday or the actual <laughs> Doc Holliday? Oh, <laughs> the... I was really close because the reason I picked Doc Holliday was because, indeed, of Val Kilmer's Doc Holliday. So, uh, technically, the historic— I would have to say the Val Kilmer Doc Holliday would be more infinitely interesting than the real Doc I think so, but I I, I don't know that, obviously. But I just think—but I think most of my conversation with the real Doc Holliday would be me asking him things, cross-checking things with what Val Kilmer was saying, like— you know, did, did he tell people that he was their Huckleberry? Um, you know, I think that's, I'll be honest with you. I had did not have much interest in Doc Holliday until I saw Tombstone. Not to be confused with the movie Wyatt Earp, uh, who I can't remember who played, never even watched who played Doc Holliday. Kevin Costner, movie. but, oh, sorry. I, I don't recall. Dennis Quaid. Sorry, man. Dennis, Dennis Quaid. That's it. Yeah. Who I like Dennis Quaid. But sorry, there's one Doc Holliday, and that's Val Kilmer. I couldn't pick two celebrities, though, so I couldn't pick Val Kilmer. But I think I would just like to, you know, again, fact check it to see what really happened. You know, what happened at the, the OK legend Corral. versus the reality. Yeah, that's pretty much. And it. why wasn't it the excellent corral? Why was it only okay? <laughs> sorry. All right, so I guess it's to me. My historical figure is Lyndon Baines Johnson. Wow. No, I did not see that coming. And here's why. <laughs> he knows, or he set up, what happened to JFK. And remember, Ooh. you have to be truthful in my quarantine house. I want to know, and he knows. He knows, and I think he had it set up. So he's going to tell me, and I'm going to have information that no one else has. So you're telling me you think Lyndon B. Johnson had Kennedy assassinated? Yes. That's wow, what I'm saying. That, that that that's coming pretty heavy to the hoop, there, man. I would yes. I would say that he had something to do with it. 
Uh, I would also say to brace yourself. He didn't get his hands dirty. He didn't get his hands dirty. He did. He set it into motion. I would say brace yourself, Eric, because if you ask him to be truth with you, he's probably going to tell you while being naked in a swimming pool because I think that was his thing. (laughs) Or or swinging his uh, or swinging his beagles by the ears. Well, no, I, I thought he would be telling me while taking a dump. <laughs> well, maybe that too. But he, be how he, talked. he was known for giving, uh, having the press come in and, and giving interviews while naked in the pool. Well, see, uh, I'd heard him doing that as well when he was on the toilet. Uh, well, I actually heard another story about him, and I'm going to try to keep this PG-13. There was a reporter he brought in, and they asked him, well, Mr. President, what makes you think you could do that? And let's say that he just showed Lyndon's Johnson. <laughs> and um, he said, this is why. And that is pretty, that is not urban legend. They said that really did happen. And he uh, was, he frequently yeah. did that. He supposedly has certain attributes that were uh, of, of a, uh, of a presidential nature. He is the uh, <laughs> Huey Lewis of presidents. <laughs> The Forrest Tucker of president. <laughs> so, r- real quick though, Brady. The Milton Berle of president. Swinging the beagle by the ears. Is that a euphemism? <laughs> no, you, you haven't heard that story why he got in trouble? Um, that people got upset because there was always photos. He would pick his beagles up by the ears and swing them. There's actually photos. Google it. Gotcha. Okay. Seriously. I, yeah, I was, I was interested in that. Yes. So, um, so we've got... Right. Henry VIII, we've got Doc Holliday, and we've got Lyndon B. Johnson, which, you know, some pretty surprising picks. I like this. It's interesting. So now and, and on- you know, I, I usually remember my missed opportunities after the show, but I think I just remembered a missed <laughs> opportunity now. It wasn't missed then. Beyond Lyndon Johnson. Ooh. Actually, I think I would change my historical figure to J. Edgar Hoover. Ah, oh, that would J. Be Edgar funny. Hoover knew everything about everybody, not just Kennedy. True. And he probably had a hand in getting Kennedy killed too, <laughs> while wearing a dress. So I'd have, yeah, while wearing a dress. So I'd have much more information if I had J. Edgar Hoover in the in the house. Okay, um, so gentlemen, um, so, uh, we've hit our twenty minutes. By the way, just so you know, if you if you didn't hear the alarm. So, um, I think we could go through this, uh, pretty quick. Uh, hey, they've waited for this episode. They could hear us, uh, wax poetically about quarantine house for a couple minutes. All right. So, yeah. So we, have, I guess we have to keep it a little bit more brief. So then. Let's go Continue. female celebrity. The next person in the quarantine house is a female celebrity. We might have them in the quarantine house, uh, for different, you know, there might be different reasons why we would like to have them in the quarantine house. It could be their thespian abilities. It could be because they are hot. So I'm going to start this one off. Um, my celebrity that I, my female celebrity will be Emma Stone. Um, Emma Stone. I just think that she is the bee's knees. She just seems like the coolest, sweetest down to earth, uh, you know, I, I just can't get enough of Emma Stone. She's re- really, really, really super cool. She's funny and attractive, so that makes her cool in my book. Good pick. Interesting. I, uh, Good pick. I'm going to go ahead with my female celebrity in the quarantine house and say uh, the previously mentioned in, in the uh, episode about Celebrity Crush, uh, I'm going to go with Tiffany Amber Thiessen, TV's Kelly Kapowski. Uh, 
Yes. And honestly, I, the reasons why I just said it, she was TV's Kelly Kapowski, uh, probably my, my most memorable childhood crush. And then to, to take it to the next step, because I have matured, I have grown up, uh, contrary to what people might think about me. Uh, she is really? a very, very good chef. She, she has her own cookbooks and I follow her on Instagram Ooh. and she has her own cooking show, uh, where she invites over friends and, and, uh, some very good food and so you're going to put her to work in that? No, house. no, no. She's a, I, uh, but I'm saying she's the type of, and it's not this new, everything has to be, you know, healthy and, and, you know, it's, it's just good, wholesome food. And I just would like to hang out with her and talk to her. As would I, 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 I like that one. Eric. Uh, my female celebrity is Betty White. Not because Betty White's hot. I mean, well, I if I can make a cricket sound right now, I was not expecting that. Well, Betty White obviously is 90 whatever years old she is. And she has worked in television with, again, a lot of different people. And I'll bet she has a treasure trove of stories that she could tell on any number of people living and dead. I mean, I bet she could talk for hours just on Golden Girls alone, stories behind yeah. the scenes. Yes. So, uh, you know, the Golden Girls, Mary Tyler Moore show, on and on and on. Game shows. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. The giant alligator in Lake Placid. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yes. Okay, on to male celebrity. Um, My male celebrity that is going to be in my quarantine house is Kevin Smith, director and actor, sometimes actor. Um, he has directed some of my favorite movies and acted in many of them. You might know him as Silent Bob. I've seen him a, a couple times live where he, um, you know, it's kind of a cross between stand up and his storytelling. And once again, he has tons of stories. Um, very interesting guy, very creative guy, very funny guy. and just seems like a genuinely nice guy. So uh, Kevin Smith would definitely be my male celebrity in my quarantine house. Like, like Kevin Smith. Uh, for my male celebrity in my quarantine house, I'm going with Mr. Paul Rudd. Uh, ah. Funny guy. Uh, one of my favorite comedies ever, I Love You Man, is the name of the movie. Uh, he was, again, just very, seems down to earth. He does not intimidate me. He's a short gentleman. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's 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 one of those things where I think I could sit down and have a drink with him, have a, have a bourbon, have a beer, and just chit chat and you know be pretty fun eric what say you good choice my male celebrity is harrison ford ah yeah you i challenge you to find another actor who has three earth-shattering roles and i mean multiple film roles like harrison ford does obviously you have the han solo you have Jack Ryan in those movies, and yeah. you also have Indiana Jones. I mean, these are three Pretty multi-cinematic roles that were huge. And I challenge you to tell me of another, another actor that is at that level in multiple roles. I mean, Harrison Ford was the main. Uh, yeah, if you think about box office receipts, the, the uh, variety of the movies, I mean, Air Force One comes to mind. Yes. Great movie, except for the uh, 
animation at the end that shows the crashing plane, but I digress. But yeah, um, yeah. Back that's in the day was an American graffiti. Yes, he was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Eric, now I think I would be a little bit intimidated to sit down with Harrison Ford. I, he would, you know, I would be at a little bit awe of him. Well, it's, it's my house. So I won't <laughs> that's be true. <laughs> wow, man. That, that, that was a pretty forceful uh, maneuver there. It's my house. <laughs> My quarantine my house. Um, <laughs> okay, now it's on to the fifth one. Um, musician. Musician. Um, I'm going to come at you from a complete guitar geek side. And uh, I want to ha- have Steve Vai, the guitarist Steve Vai, in my quarantine house. Because, man, I just want to learn from the master. This guy has played with Whitesnake, with David Lee Roth. He's had a, a successful solo career. Um, and reinvented the instrument you know and i've i've watched his youtube videos and his tutorials and he's an interesting guy and i just think if i'm going to be in the quarantine house might as well get guitar lessons from one of my all-time favorites i mean just makes sense for me plus he seems like a real cool guy and maybe he can get me free guitars (laughs) all right my uh musician in my quarantine house would be uh, Mr. Mark Hoppus, uh, bass player, uh, lead vocalist for Blink-182. Uh, mainly Blink-182 being the big influence on me and my, you know, tiny, you know, unimportant music career. But uh, because also when I, I follow him on social media, he's he has a very similar sense of humor as actually all of us have. And I think he would just be fun. He seems down to earth. Uh, for a famous person, he to, uh, he's a dog. He doesn't lover. seem to take himself too seriously. He just seems like a regular guy in every interview no. I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, dog lover. Uh, you know, dad, husband, rock star. Just seems interesting to hang out with and uh, chit chat with. Eric, what say you? So I guess I'm rounding it out here. You're rounding it out. You're the, you're the, you're the uh, closer. Yes, um, I think I know who you're going to pick. Or do you? I have a guess. I have a guess. Can I guess? You can guess. But, well, I don't want to get, if I guess right, then I don't want to steal your introduction of them. So you go okay. ahead and I'll tell you if I was right. Uh, so my musician will be, and everyone who knows me knows how big of a Sticks fan I am. No, yeah, I don't think you're right. I don't think you're right. Okay. Okay. Uh, the musician I would have in my house would be James Young. Wow. I didn't see that one coming. I was not I was right. not right. Uh, did you think Tommy Shaw? J.Y. J.Y. No, not Tommy Shaw. I was going to say, say Tommy Young. Shaw. Um, and the reason why I choose James Young is because, and it, upon retrospect, I'm going to do this again. I'm going to change. Ooh. I want Chuck Panazzo in my house because it's been, and I'll give you a little backstory for those who don't know. Sticks kicked out Dennis Young in the early 2000s and brought on a new singer, and he's been with them now 20 years, but. Uh, there's been a problem with the band that's gone all the way back to the mid-80s. I want Chuck Panazzo because he is the one who has been fairly silent on the whole thing, and I want to know where he stands. We know where James Young stands. We know, I guess we kind of know where Tommy Shaw stands. We know how Dennis DeYoung is. It's well documented. But I want to know where Chuck Panazzo stands on all this. So it's more than just what his musical contributions are. You want to know. You want to know the story. You're the. You I want would, to see his take. 
there, there's a recurring theme in my five people that I brought into my house, and that recurring theme is knowledge is power. Spill I want to know things. I want to know things that people wouldn't ordinarily know. There you go. So, I I think that's a I think that's an awesome. I I I'll be honest with you. I put none of that thought into my people. Uh, so I think that's a really good you know way to to enlist who you would have in your quarantine house. I will say to play devil's advocate though, once you know the scoop, at that point, if there's nothing else there to to occupy your time or entertain you, I could see it maybe being that would be a very exciting quarantine house until you got the information you wanted. And then you'd have to figure out what to do. I, I would like to say I mean, for the record that Ric Flair, Emma Stone, Kevin Smith, and um, that, that that would be a pretty darn entertaining quarantine house. <laughs> no, I was talking I was talking to Eric because I think he put more thought into this than we did as far as uh, he had a theme going. Yes, you know, so. I'm the anti-Eric well, house. Well, and granted, <laughs> I mean, Chuck Panazza would only have one piece of information that I want. But, I mean, J. Edgar Hoover per- – probably could take me through months of quarantine with stories that he would have and dirt on people. True. So him alone. Yeah. I think that was a fun topic. Right. It was. It was enlightening. Very, very much so. So that'll round us out for episode number 10. And as always, you can find us on anchor.fm backslash play by your podcast. Also on Spotify, uh, Google podcast, Apple podcast, iHeartRadio, among others. And uh, we invite you, again, we've had our one voice message. Please leave us some more voice messages. Uh, you heard the one that was left to us earlier in this in this podcast, so you know what our capabilities are. We can put you right into the podcast if you want to be there. Um, yeah, I want to, I, I haven't got to tell you guys this. I was actually holding on to this little nugget um, to, you know, while we were podcasting, while we were recording. And um, I had a surreal moment where um, I was picking up something someplace and let's just say i was told hey brady are you by yourself out there it's like yes i am and all of a sudden i hear our podcast being piped through the intercom um when i, I was running I this errand that. and I knew uh, that. yeah you knew that and, and and that was uh that was really really a cool experience so um you know who you are so thank you very much that was very rewarding and uh I'm just having a couple people approach me saying how much they like love the podcast. Guys, let us know. Tell us what you're thinking. Interact with us. We like hearing this. And the more you let us know, the more we can be user-friendly. And keep on keeping on. Let us know who's in your quarantine house. Put it on Facebook. Uh, leave a voice message. Tweet us. You know, there are many different ways. Uh, play it by your pod, too, with the at sign in front of it on Twitter. And play it by your podcast. Search it out on Facebook. Plenty of ways to get a hold of us, and uh, we certainly welcome your input. So with that, that's episode 10. We appreciate you joining us, and we will see you next time. Good night. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Play It By Ear podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter at Play It By Ear Pod 2, and our website, at anchor.fm backslash play it by ear podcast. Thanks again and join us next time as we play it by ear.